Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome back to the peripheral. It's been a little while. I equate this to uh, a good friend that you have been meaning to call for a while, and then you don't, more time passes, and then you think, I really need to call them. Now it's been a month. It's getting a little weird and awkward. I assure you that I've been working diligently on new peripheral episodes. I have been interviewing folks for the last month and just have run out of time to get my editing done and the episodes published. Some of you may know that I uh, had taken a corporate job because I, I don't know, sitting in a cold, dark basement for a year and a half, only researching murder and mayhem takes its toll on you. So I decided to be social again. I was falling into a little bit of a rut and I took a job it was actually a really great corporate job at AMC doing back-end server things, but it drained me of all my time. And then Aaron and I have had a few things happening with Generation Y, which is always my priority because it pays my bills, keeps me from living on the streets. But that said, I do feel like I've let people down by not putting out an episode in quite a while. Uh, so all I can say is I'm glad to be back. I'm glad that I'm able to get back in the in the driver's seat here. I'd like to thank all the support from my listeners and fellow podcasters. If I've ever helped you start a podcast or inspired you or whatever, shoot me a tweet or an email and let me know. I'd like to give a few shout outs. I was recently a guest on the Topical Island podcast. That's topical, like a topical cream, I guess, with Eric Lampere. He's an actor, he's a stand-up comedian, kind of a big deal. Felt like I was hanging out with a celebrity. He's super talented. I wish I had even 1% of his talent. Uh, it was a very casual conversation about mass shootings, guns, you know, lighthearted topics. Some may or may not care for my opinions. Eh, take them with a grain of salt. Uh, I could have hung out with Eric all day, super fun guy. So on today's episode, I speak with Igor. His initial email talked a lot about how he was very unmotivated and he felt like a slacker compared to the rest of his family who immigrated to Canada to find a better life. And his hardworking father who was on the front lines of a Bosnian war. He almost seemed like he was questioning why am I this way as compared to the rest of my family who works hard and does all these things? But as we talk, I think the answers become very clear. So I've titled this episode, What's Eating Igor? My name's Igor, obviously Igor Tomasvic. Yeah, I just live in Little Town and it's called Beaumont in Alberta there, like just south of Edmonton is the capital of Alberta. But uh, yeah, it's not really too interesting either. But uh, <laughs> yeah, 
don't know. I was born in '94 uh, in Bosnia in Sarajevo. There, mm-hmm. there was a civil war going on between like the Serbians and the Bosnians in the city that I was born. Pretty much what ethnicity would be like the government of the city, I suppose. Like, yeah, it was I, just th- I was always curious about that, and not to cut you off, but I had a whole course on the Bosnian conflict, and I still yeah didn't understand what it really was over when it was all said and done. So yeah, n- neither do I really. Like, yeah. and it's not like I researched it too much, honestly, because probably like one of the worst civil wars still mm-hmm. to this day, but. Even the city now, it's, like, split into, like, a Bosnian part and a Serbian part. Okay. So there's, like, a Republic of Serbia where all the Serbs live there. (laughs) And then you go to a different part of the city, like, downtown and stuff like that, and it's all Bosnians, like, and they don't really leave from their, you know, their sides. So were you... So it's crazy. Were you born there or were you born in Canada? No, I was born there. Okay. Me me and my older brother were both born there. Mm Mm-hmm. So I was only 10, like we didn't, I didn't, I wasn't there long, obviously. Yeah. I moved here when I was 10 months old. I moved to uh, Saskatchewan mm-hmm. and I was just like some small bum town. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty crazy. Yeah. I don't remember too much of that, obviously. Like I'm yeah. 23 now, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You were way young, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably better that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No kidding. Um, yeah. It was pretty hard times, man. Like they. We came with like the clothes on our backs and stuff, like you know, mm-hmm. alone from the government. Mm-hmm. Parents barely barely speaking English, two kids, like no other family. Like it was just us, really. Yeah. Did your parents have education and uh, credentials and whatnot, or? Well, I don't know about my mom. Really, I like they finished high school, right? Like my dad, he was a machinist before the war even started, you know, I don't really think that they took that stuff too seriously, especially after the war erupted, right? Like it's kind of like anywhere, like you across seas, right? They don't, they just think it's not like the Western way, right? Like the Western side of the world's way. Mm -hmm. Like they obviously the schooling and all that's different. So how can it compare? I think like people look at it that way. So you move here, your parents literally take you from this war-torn country and bring you to a better yeah. and, and with the intention of bringing you to a better place with merely the clothes on your back and they get to Canada and they I'm sure they struggle when they first get there also and trying to do odd jobs and whatnot yeah um, I don't think my mom really like the first job I remember her having she was a golf course manager, but I was already like a bit older then, right? Mm-hmm. But my dad, he, uh, I know my mom told me he had a job before this, but the one I remember, he was delivering pizzas. Oh, wow. And yeah, and like he struggled so much, like, re- like with English, you know? Mm-hmm. Like he'd have to call his friends that he eventually made that were like from Bosnia or like that were living there that were, you know, from our country and ask them like how to get to places and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Like it was one thing having a job at that point And then he's like, Oh shit. You know, had to lie to his boss pretty much, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It worked out like obviously. Right. Mm-hmm. And you have a brother also. Yeah. I have a, I have a 27 year old brother. Mm-hmm. His name's Vanya, but, uh, 
he's like my parents, like just six, like stuck his head down and just worked, <laughs> I guess. Like he was always good, maybe not the best through school, like, but he always had a job, you know, everything. Like he, yeah, he worked pretty hard. He's a pretty good guy to look up to. So, and I definitely do for sure. Yeah. I, I, I love your guys' names, by the way. I just, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. My dad's name was, well, he passed away when I was 16, but uh, his name was Boris. And my mom's name is Sabina. So, uh-huh. I, I yeah, just, it's pretty. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Here, here in America, we have boring names like Chad and Ted. Yeah, Tim. <laughs> Tim. <laughs> That's actually hilarious. My mom's boyfriend's name's Ted. <laughs> <laughs> So your family's gone through a lot and they've provided you a better life. Oh yeah. So what's going on with you? Uh, I guess, I don't know. I'm kind of like the black sheep, you know, I always just kind of not say rebelled, but like, I just, I don't know. I just did things a little different. I guess you could say I started hanging. I was always hanging out with like older kids and my mom always says I was like, Hoping to grow up way too quick, which now I look back and I'm like, yeah, probably should have enjoyed the little things a bit more. But starting to like party real young, like drinking, you know, I started smoking weed when I was like pretty young and shit like that. But at the end of the day, we're all people, right? Like yeah. It doesn't really shape who you are unless you make it who you are. I mean, I'm sure right. you probably heard my story. I, I started at a young age myself. So Yeah, yeah. Like, my dad had, like, he was front lines in that war. So he had issues of his own. Like, he had PTSD and depression. I'm pretty sure he was bipolar and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. The last few years were pretty rough on him. Mm-hmm. Like, before. I, he passed away in 2011. Uh, yeah, 2000, February 9th, 2011. And, and how old was he when he passed away? 43, I think. That's really young. I'm well, f- he killed himself. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, that's what I mean. Like, that, like depression kind of eating away at you and, mm-hmm. you know, you winning sh- that battle. And then yeah. here I am. Did he show the sign? Did he show any of these signs? And, uh, and like, I'm obviously at the end. You said it was a struggle, but oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, seven or eight. That's when it started getting like really bad. He had a lot of episodes and stuff, mm-hmm. but um, yes, either grade seven or eight for me is when all the craziness really, like, you know, involved me and my brother. Like, not. Not in a bad way, like they weren't, you know, like fighting in front of us and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. But we definitely knew what was going on. I mean, I, I can't even imagine being on the front lines, coming over to, you know, being a stranger in a strange new world and yeah, jump completely in. new. Even if the culture is better, it's different and it's not what you're used to, and you don't know anybody and. Yeah, and, like, I'm sure their main thought was, like, I can't fail, right? Like, that's the end, you know? Like, we don't have any support here. Like, there's not family at all, right? Like, there's no one to turn to. It's not like, holy shit, like, I lived through it, but, like, you know, I was, for a good part of it, like, my whole life, even from being in my mom's stomach, Mm -hmm. the stress she had from it, that stress affects babies like really bad like 
not to say that I remember and that's how it affected me, but just from my environment, I had effects from it. That's for sure. Yeah. You grow up here and you're a black sheep. I get it. I I was there. But <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that at some point you, you start to grow up a little bit. You start to mature and yeah. you start to realize what you want to do or that you realize you don't know what you want to do. One of the two. Except, dude, that is literally like the point of my life where I'm at right now. <laughs> Up until like two years ago, I really like didn't grow up. Like I grew up obviously, but I was just still doing the same old thing, just partying and just wasting my life, man, mm-hmm. honestly. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, it ruined my relationship with like my mom. And my brother, too. So it was just time to, like, I don't even know what really, like, kicked it off. But I just got really serious about just being a better person, really. Like I said, like, for the seven years after my dad passed away, like, I just, yeah, I just did not care about anything. That's a pretty big deal, too, to lose a parent, you know. Yeah. For me... That was like a really important age to really like get that guidance. It's really hard for me to explain, but like, I think I would have turned to my dad a lot in the years, like from 15 to even where I am today. You know, there's a lot of things that contribute to you being a like productive person in society and just the questions you have about growing up. It's a father figure. It's a male perspective that you look up to. I mean, my my mom and dad got a divorce about, oh, God, I think I was 10 years old when they got a divorce. And I didn't have a father figure after that. Anytime I got a job, I could tell that I would somewhat put my supervisor, if it was a male, uh, I would put them in my father figure role. And I would look up to them because I was just always seeking them out. Yeah, I totally get that. My brother was the only one that I really like looked up to, and I still do. Mm-hmm. And like I said, we didn't have the best relationship either. Like I'd just be a little shithead and like take his clothes and you know what I mean, yeah. and like steal his cars at night, crash them. <laughs> I did a lot of stuff. I definitely regret. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you were horribly depressed and you're yeah. apathetic to the world. And you're doing drugs, you're drinking, and so that lowers inhibitions, and then you're making bad choices. And I didn't think I was depressed. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I denied it so much. We see that as a weakness. We see that as us being incomplete. Yeah, I'm going to start from the very start. Like, both my parents, like, my dad was so sick, it, like, made my mom start getting, like, she started thinking, like, holy fuck, maybe I am the one who's, like going crazy you know and he got in an ax uh, a work accident where uh he, he used to work at a at a company that did uh made farm equipment and uh, he got his sleeve caught in a, a piece of farm machinery and it sucked his arm in and he almost cut off his arm he got surgery and all that but then he got addicted to painkillers and he always needed them kind of thing throughout his like prescription wise but he'd always shop around with different doctors and be like oh yeah i 
I went back home and, and uh, they took my pills at the at the border. So, I, I, you know what I mean? Like stuff like that. And you'd always have. And my mom would know it. Like she'd be able to tell. Right. Like even now, she, like if I'm messed up, dude, she can tell. I won't even know it. think I look bad. Yeah, she can tell. So she'd start counting his pills and stuff. And then she'd like catch him in a lie. And he'd be like, yeah, you're crazy. Blah, blah, blah. Like it was really just like an unhealthy relationship. And then it turned the house into an unhealthy environment. Yeah. And that's, that's the sad part is the person that's ill, the person that's suffering, they can manipulate, they can lash out and then just oh, yeah. hurt everybody around them. And I know that first. Yeah. <laughs> like I, that's, that's what I definitely do a lot. Well, I, I've honestly, in the past couple of years, I've gotten so much better and we'll get to that. Yeah. Like I said, so he started making my mom st- sick and stuff and then, uh, like, I don't remember who tried first, but I was in grade eight and I was just at the skate park. You know, I got a phone call from one of my buddies that lives down the street from my house. And he's like, yo, man, what are you doing? Oh, nothing, dude. Just biking, you know. Oh, right on. Uh, did you know there's an ambulance outside your house? And I was like, what? What are you talking about? And he's like, yeah, man. Like somebody came out on a stretcher. I couldn't tell who it was, though. He's like, you should probably get home, dude. I can't remember. I honestly like this was so is so blurry, and I I probably just like meant to shut it out too. But uh, for some reason, I think it was my mom. But me and my brother end up going to the hospital, and yeah, she tried to kill herself. Looking at my mom in that hospital bed, and like just how like empty her face looked, mm-hmm. and like she was like drinking liquid charcoal, and she, it was just so like oh, so terrible. Yeah. Like it was just. Fucked up. I don't know. She's probably going to get pissed that I said that, but whatever. My mother and my family, they hate it when I reveal anything about them uh, anytime to anyone. It doesn't matter if it's on the podcast yeah. or to an individual. They just hate yeah. it because it's like it's their business and the world doesn't need to know. But the, yeah. the world kind of should hear some of these things. Totally. Because like, nobody knows what you've gone through. When mental illness comes up and stuff and like mental health here all over the world actually i don't think is looked at as serious nearly as serious as it should be you never you no one's gonna know anything of what happens and how it affects people unless you've been through it and a lot of people live sheltered lives and you know they don't have those same problems from then it just like I know my dad was on Prozac and a bunch of other pills like that. Then he tried, like, probably three times. Uh, how was he attempting? Uh, every time, I'm pretty sure he, like, yeah, he did that. He, he would take pills and stuff like that. So he was trying to do that. And it got so bad, like, he ended up thinking my mom hired someone to kill him. So... He thought, like, people were after him, and, like, he put voice recorders in my mom's car and, and like, cut the phone lines one night. I remember one night we went to pick up my brother from this little job he had selling fruit at a market. <laughs> my mom's car got broken into at work a little while prior to this. So they stole her sunglasses. And uh, I remember being in the car... And uh, my mom had sunglasses on and on. They looked, I swear to this day, I swear 
they were the same ones, just not the ones. Like, as soon as I said, hey, mom, I thought you got those sunglasses stolen. Before I even finished saying that, my dad was like, just snapped his head, looked at her. Yeah, I thought those were stolen. And like his demeanor just changed. It went from zero to 100 real quick. We get home and he's freaking out, taking the computer to his buddy's house. I'm going to find what's on here. Crazy shit. He got me to walk around the block and take down the license plates of cars on the street because he thought they were following him. And then he left that night. He called his one good buddy and like his buddy must have just talked some sense into him and he got him to go to the hospital. And uh, Because he's in a paranoid rage at this point. <laughs> yeah, like he was fucked up, man. So he went to the hospital and he like ended up throwing his keys in his, I think he threw his wallet too in a garbage can. Yeah, he just still thought people were after him. And then he was in the psych ward there. Yeah, he spent a week there. A 72-hour hold or something to yeah, that effect. Yeah, they kept him longer than that. Yeah. Yeah, those two incidents were were really the start of it. Like, I shouldn't have seen that stuff. Or my brother. But my brother was a bit older, right? He took it in a different way, too. And, like, he blocks everything out. To get emotion out of him, like, yeah, right. There are so many stories. Like, I don't, it's not, I'm not going to say every single thing yeah. that happened. But. I think you've painted a pretty good picture, though. <laughs> yeah, it ruined their marriage. And my dad, like, I think he just, he just didn't want to be on those pills, like, his whole life. He just, he'd feel okay, you know, he'd start feeling okay again, and he'd stop taking them. And it was just a cycle like that. Yeah, and then mixed with, like, because he was, like I said, like, he had that, the painkillers and stuff. And those didn't, like, react well with the pills he was on. Whenever you are on a prescription med for antidepression or anything, mood stabilizers, if you add alcohol to that, if you add other things to it, you're negating the effects, the intended effects of the antidepressant. So eventually it just... My mom couldn't handle it anymore. It was making her sick. So uh, they split up. I was about, I don't know, 14. And I still feel, honestly, I feel so bad, kind of, because, like, at that point, I remember every night just wishing, like, they'd get divorced, like they'd split up, you know? Like, they just need different environments. Like, it was so messed up, man. I feel like people, they can be good people. They're just not good for each other. I think they just needed different spaces, you know? And that's what my mom thought too. And he was really harsh to my mom. Yeah, he wasn't the best uh, the best person to her a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing with my dad, man. He was the brightest person in the room. Anyway, like he was... Always, you could never tell. It was like Robin Williams, man. Mm-hmm. Seriously. You'd never know. If you didn't know the guy closely, like if you didn't weren't in the circle. People can hide it. You know, a little side note here. Uh, you know, anytime somebody's body's found somewhere when I'm covering like true crime cases and they think, well, they 
they didn't kill themselves. They're, they just weren't that type of person. And I'm like, how, yeah, how I know, do you I know? <laughs> I'm like, you don't know. You don't know what's going on. Exactly. In there. I love that podcast, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then that's when like everything switched. He'd start buying like weed, get me to get him weed and stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he'd be like, here's 40 bucks for me, 20 bucks for you. By the way, can you roll my doobies? More of a friend. Now that I look back at it, I think that's when he knew he would do it eventually. He'd call me all the time. Like, he was good still, like, you know? And I feel bad because sometimes I'd be, like, in the middle of something and not answer. But, like, he just called to see how I'm doing and stuff. He, uh, he called me one night and he was like, yeah, dude, I just bought this new car. It's sick, like, twin turbo. He bought a new BMW, and I think he was just, like, trying to make himself feel better, mm-hmm. you know, like, with material items, like, got a new motorcycle, you know? So, at this point, like, my family was doing pretty good. My dad was uh, a machinist at the at the U of A mm-hmm. in the physics department. He worked on the Atlas Project, which I don't really know too much about, honestly, but it was, like, in the National Geographic and shit. And my mom was, she was doing pretty good, too. Like, and life was going pretty good. We used to go on a ski trip to BC every year as a family. But this year, my dad broke his ankle playing soccer. So he didn't come with us. And I remember calling him. Like, I just called him. And I was like, no, man, you need to come out here. Like, it's not the same without you, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, come for the last day or something. Like, the last night, whatever. Just come out. We were all there. My brother's girlfriend, my brother, me, my mom, and my dad. And, like, me and my dad were outside cooking steaks, and he hands me a cigarette. And, like, my parents hated me smoking. And I was like, what? All right, cool. He's like, don't let your mom see you, whatever. Like, the whole time riding back, we were just, you know, bullshitting, like, talking. Like, it was a great time. It was awesome. And I remember he dropped me off. He's just like, he, like, gave me a really big hug and gave me a kiss. And he's like, make sure you know I love you. Yeah, that was the last time I saw him. And the next day, I remember, I like I skipped school, and I was in the city with and some other friends. And my mom, she, she tried calling me, and I was like, oh shit, like, off. Oh. And I cut the call out, and I was like, text her, I'm like, hey, I'm in class, what's up? And she's like, you need to get picked up right now. And I was like, oh, God. well, well, why? I'm in class. Don't worry about it. <laughs> You know, no, I'll stay at school, mom. (laughs) And uh, she's like, no, 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 no. Like, uh, Wally, Wally's coming to pick you up. And Wally was like my dad's best friend. You're getting picked up. And I was like, what the hell? I was like, okay, mom, like, I'm I'm not at school. I'm going to the city. And I expect her to be like, what the, you know, like freaking out at me. And she's like, okay, where are you right now? Like, you're getting picked up. Like, stay somewhere, tell me where you are, wait there, you're getting picked up. And I was like, shit, like, okay, told her where, it was actually outside of a blockbuster, if you remember those. Yeah, yeah. My dad's buddy comes, picks me up, and I remember getting in the car, and he's like, how's your day going? Okay, I guess. And at this point, I already had a feeling, right? Yeah, you can kind of get the vibe of... Yeah. Yeah, and like, for him to, like, why is he not at work? And then he's like, yeah, it's it's going to get a little bit worse. And I was just like, oh, shit. 
So we pull up to um, like a family friend's house. Like we used to go have Christmas with them, like their family. I remember just walking into the house and my mom's sitting there on the couch. My brother's there, his girlfriend, like everyone. It's just like dead silent. And I just knew like walking in, I just like burst out in tears. Like I just knew. So yeah, that was that. I... He just had a bunch of life insurance and stuff. And I think like he did that because he thought it benefit, like it helped us out more than him being there. So, which is shitty. Like I'd never, I'd rather have my dad than any sum of money. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's just the head space he was in. Mm -hmm. And your life's twisted up after that. But yeah, you sound like you're trying to put things back together now. So are you cutting out like drinking? Are you like, what are you doing for yourself? Cause yeah, after that, like, you know, I didn't have really any discipline. My mom was just shook up. Right. So I kind of like, I just started skipping. Like I dropped out of school. I started hanging out with the wrong crowd. I started selling drugs, you know, like every day, like it was it was crazy. Like I used to sell Coke and crack. Like it was nuts at 15, 16. It was ridiculous. So yeah, like I didn't have any life skills after that, except for street smarts. It was just continuous drinking, like doing Coke. I got addicted to like Oxycontins and I was going crazy up until last year. Like I started seeing this girl that I was, like, in love with all throughout school, like, all throughout it. Like, I've known her for 10 years, 12 years. And she's, like, straight edge, you know? Like, that would not fly with her. So, like, I stopped doing drugs. And I was still drinking and stuff, but it would just, like, I'd get into such, make such bad decisions. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just getting me so depressed like I started cutting myself like like my depression got super bad the last couple of years I kind of blocked out my dad dying I never dealt with it mm-hmm. been on my mind all the time and like questioning why like getting now I'm more angry than sad you know like I would have graduated if he didn't do that like my life would be so much different I can't say exactly how it would be but I know I would have taken a different path. I definitely wouldn't have started selling crack. Like, yeah, yeah. You're obviously, it sounds like you're taking responsibility for your actions, but there were triggers there. Just how my life turned out. The road I chose. Then I stopped drinking. Mm-hmm. I still drink, like don't get me wrong, but yeah. I haven't been drunk in months. Like mm-hmm. probably a good 45 months now. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And that's like huge for me because I never... Like, I'd always say that, but I never stuck to it. Yeah. It's, and I smoked. Sorry, go on. Oh, I was going to say, it's one of those things where you acknowledge you have a problem. And I, I think the the normal idea for most alcoholics is not even one drink. Because you could fall back into that rut. And I agree with that. But, yeah. But I have a, a drink on occasion. And I know I have drinking problems from my past. It, it, when you know when you're when you know in your heart that you have control of yourself, you can, you can have that one drink, but exactly. I, I think a lot of people don't have that control and I would agree with the blanket statement, not even one, but I totally agree. And that was the same as me as well. I had one or two drinks and that was it. 
and then yeah, like I used to smoke weed every day, and then uh, I just I stopped to for a job, which I didn't even end up getting because I failed the piss test. <laughs> I didn't have enough time to get yeah. clean, but. <laughs> I just never started smoking weed after that. Yeah. Like the past couple times I've done it, like, yeah, okay, whatever. I smoked a couple of doobies or whatever, like in that time. But since then, and uh, I just hate it now. It makes me so dumb. And like, I'm not, not against it. I'm actually like quite an advocate for like, for marijuana, for like beneficial purposes and stuff. Right. Yeah. yeah but, I'm, uh, I'm right there with you. I, I yeah. don't, I don't smoke it myself because I don't like the way it makes me feel, but I know it absolutely mm-hmm helps others especially Mm -hmm. others that are in pain it's it's a substitute for them instead of taking horrible opiates that are going to kill your liver and have all those other side effects you know i'm like totally totally agree yeah i hate like i just get so lazy and this is how i was like all the time like this is how i you know i was just used to it because i smoked it every day but that's how i was lazy had no ambition you know, and now I just like get all paranoid and, and anxious yeah. and uh, I eat and I go to bed like it's, it's not fun. <laughs> Last year, this time I really started. I tried to take medication for like a couple times. Mm-hmm. I just never got past that. Like the the like the point where your body's used to it. I couldn't handle the. Like the change it had to me, it honestly felt like withdrawing from, from opiates. Uh-huh. It was so weird. Yeah, it's and, it's hard because you're you're seeking help, you're trying to make your life better, but it's not as simple as pop a pill and everything's solved now. It, it, exactly, <laughs> and people don't understand that. No. So yeah, I eventually got over that little hump it took me a while like i was useless i haven't worked since since then like since i really started to like get my life back on track because it's it was impossible like i had appointments all the time i was just like a zombie pretty much getting used to these pills like Mm -hmm. i was in so much like my head wasn't anywhere near where it should have been well that's that's the thing with a lot of the anti-depression pills is you don't get sad but you don't really get happy either you're kind of numb you're in this weird space where it's hard to explain really unless you've taken them yeah, and, and that that's why people stop taking them because they don't feel like they're oh, ha- happy <laughs> exactly and like that that's exactly why i stopped every other time and this time i just i had that girl that i'm still seeing just kind of like in my corner and I had like, I built a good relationship with my mom and my brother and like her boyfriend. One day I just, all those side effects were gone from me taking those pills. And I was just like, holy shit. Why did I do this years ago? I was like, I used to snap on stuff, hated confrontation from my mom. Like, you know what I mean? I just like have so much patience now, you know, I don't blow up. It's crazy. Like I went, I changed completely. Like it's, it's not to my own horn. If you ha- need help, like definitely get it. Like that's the thing. Like, but you have to want to. I really wanted to this time. Like I wanted my life to 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 turn around. Like I wanted to be if not happy, but like not sad. That's the problem, and I I feel that 
you have to find the perfect combination, the perfect mix of therapy and chemical cocktails, if you will, to <laughs> yeah. find that balance and to get you, uh, you know, it's, it's a chemical imbalance and whether it's yeah. caused by external factors or internal, you have to get back to that. And that's where it's such a hard challenge to do. I mean, I, just finding a regular general practitioner doctor to go see. I mean, I, I called 15 places in two days. Nobody's taking new clients. Oh yeah. You know, and if yeah. just imagine if you're like on the brink of a meltdown and yeah. you're trying to get a hold of a therapist or doctor, it's like, uh, okay. Yeah. It's not just a phone call away. It's, it's, it's a challenge yeah. sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Like you got <laughs> You guys live in the states, like that's. You guys probably have to pay through the roof, or is that like that sort of stuff covered? No, no, exactly. I mean, like that's nuts. I mean, you know, the the, ins you... the insurance companies find every single way to deny your claim. That's nuts. And uh, so yeah, we're. I'm fortunate here yeah. where I don't because I'm not working. Yeah, my psychologist, like she's 150 bucks an hour out of my mom's pocket. Like yeah. she, thank God she can afford it, but. Mm -hmm. It's definitely started. Like, I feel so much better. Like, this year, like, I had a terrible year last year. The start of this one hasn't been good either. I don't know. I just feel so much better. At, like, and that's that's the main thing. Like, it's just, I don't know. I never saw myself in this position. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Last year, I wouldn't have thought I'd be, you know, not necessarily this happy. But, like, this different person. Like, I've totally changed. It's crazy. It's crazy. That's good, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no, no. I know it's. It, it, there's just so much more to do. Like it's, uh, like yeah. it's. That's the craziest part. Like I've done so much work to get here. Yeah. And it, there's still way more. Mm -hmm. So. You know what you have to do, but you just you have to take it. It's so cliche, but you have to take it day by day. And, exactly. And and point by point and task by task because when we're depressed you think of all the tasks you think of all the things you need to do and then you yeah. never start because it's just too overwhelming and you're not motivated enough to tackle a mountain but you can tackle a rock <laughs> you know something exactly. small exactly that's actually the best way to put it i mean that's that's awesome that's that's how i deal with it and obviously i'm not perfect i i struggle all the time with emotions and uh and priorities and awesome. so i appreciate you taking your time on a sunday man no problem and yeah uh get warm give your give your son a hug for me all right man <laughs> okay later thank you so much igor it was wonderful hearing your story i figured i would ease the listeners in with this story before i get into some much darker topics coming up next stay tuned Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. 
Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. 